Well, praise the Lord, Pastor Jerry, bringing you the Word of God. It is always an honor, always a privilege. So grateful that you're listening in, praise God, or watching, however it is you're connecting with us. Once again, we're going to jump right back into the book of Luke, chapter 6, please. We've been talking about being founded on the rock, praise God. And this, I don't know what this, this maybe, you know, fifth, sixth week we've been into this, praise God. And um, I just feel like we just, every week we're just kind of grabbing a little bit more of it. Amen. Uh, verse 46 of Luke 6. Let's go ahead and read through it, and then we'll kind of do a little bit more uh, word study and some different things like that. All right, just for review. All right, verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show uh, you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep, and laid the foundation on the rock. That's obviously what we want to do. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. All right. But he who heard and did nothing, and obviously this is the, this is the difference here, Okay, whether they're doing what they're hearing or not doing. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately, it says, it fell, and the ruin of that house was great, all right? So, uh, again, uh, just kind of working through this, why do you call me Lord, Lord, verse 46 again. Uh, the word Lord here is a word that just means uh, uh, su supreme one, supreme in authority, master, uh, supremacy. Uh, so, uh, but he's saying, why do you call me supreme or master? Why do you call me the one in authority when you have this casual approach to the things I'm saying? Why do you look at it like it's just some lightweight suggestion or recommendation or maybe just, just good advice from somebody that you can take or leave? This is what he's asking. So obviously, what we're seeing here in this text, and, and again, we're going to uh, you know, all through the service here, we're going to be looking at this, and also we're going to go into Matthew here in a little bit here, uh, looking at that account again. Uh, you know, the whole theme of this is written to all about the importance of being a doer of what you hear. But now he makes it real personal, real personal, okay, uh, in these texts. He's saying, why do you call me Lord, Lord? and not do. So a lot of times, you know, we read that as a whole, you know, we know this is a word to everybody, but at the same time, it's very, uh, the emphasis, I should say, maybe is, is personal, and I want that to be known today, okay? So it is a personal word to you and to me, all right? A personal word is, why are you calling me Lord and not doing the things that I ask of you, all right? So let's look again, like we normally have over this uh, text here, Praise God. He goes down here, um, and he says, whoever comes to me and, and hears these sayings and does them, I will show him who he's like. Okay, he's like a man building a house. Now, Matthew's account, as we're going to read here in a bit, it also brings out the difference uh, of this. It's talking about one being wise, one being foolish. Okay, uh, so uh, keep that in mind. He is like a man building a house who dug deep, laid the foundation on the rock, and when the flood arose and beat vehemently against, it, that, against that house, it could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. Now, of course, the very opposite happened to the one that heard and did nothing. Okay, so there's things that you can kind of come out of or get out of this. Number one is they both heard. Okay, so we see that both both parties here heard. So that 
You know, there's no excuses here. Okay, nobody can say, well, I didn't know or I didn't hear. No, we're, we're talking about both these individuals are people that heard. They already knew what they were supposed to do. One chose to do it. One did not, okay? So both maybe had an inward knowing or heard, you know, heard, uh, you know, physical ear heard or their inner ear heard or they read it in the word. However it is that you, you're getting a word from the supreme one, the word from the Lord, all right? So one chooses to do, one chooses not to, okay? Both build a house. We see that. So no, this represents your life, uh, uh, you know, your household, talking about, you know, building a family, doing all the things, moving forward, jobs, kids, school, uh, work, pay bills, all the different things that, that goes on in the life of an individual. And he says everybody's building, okay? Both individuals are people that are building their life, moving forward with their life. It says here that both had a storm, and the implication probably is that it's the same storm, okay? But regardless, doesn't matter. You have to understand that we all have storms in life that roll in, roll out. That doesn't mean you have to fall, uh, you know, fall prey to it. Doesn't mean you have to cave to it. Doesn't mean you have to be taken uh, under. Uh, it just means that the storms kind of come. They come here and there. Sometimes they're very demonic in nature. Sometimes it's just people issues. Sometimes it's just family issues. Sometimes you know, it's just things that go on, okay? Something happened, all right? And all of a sudden, here you are now dealing with something that, that's going to weigh a little heavy on you for a few, uh, you know, few moments or whatever, okay? But the point is this, both had a storm, okay? Both, both had pressures to deal with. Both had opposition here, okay? But the difference is one did, one did not. Now, I know every week I tell you this, okay? I know I'm taking my time with this, but I'm trying to make it very clear, Okay, we all have a choice. Okay, here we're seeing, okay, one chooses to do, one chooses not to do. Okay, for whatever reasons. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, we're, we procrastinate. Okay, sometimes that's all it is, just procrastination. Sometimes it's just flat rebellion. We don't want to do it. Okay, sometimes it's, uh, you know, as uh, James 1 and 22 brings out, okay, he says this. He says, uh, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, lest you deceive yourselves, okay? So the point is this, sometimes we think that just because we're hearing it, that we're automatically doing it. Now, this is going to make more sense as we get into this one today, all right? So sometimes we're, we're here, we're listening, we're taking it in, we agree with it. And just because you agree with it, just because you heard it, and just because you agree with it, just because you, you, know, you have no problem with what's being said, does not mean you're doing it. And man, that is, that is a key because that's where that self-deception can happen, okay? Because you're hearing it and you agree with it and you know it and you don't have any problem with it. But the problem is you think, you know, somehow or another we appease our conscience. Uh, somehow or another we assume that because we heard it, we're doing when we're really not doing, all right? And just because you agree with something doesn't mean you're doing it. And that's what he's trying to bring out in, these, in this text here. All right. So uh, one did, one didn't. We see that one was founded. Okay. One was not. Okay. Okay. One was, you know, uh, you know, went down to the rock and got a foundation on the rock. One did not. And by the way, the word here, uh, foundation in this text means something put down. This is something we brought out every week. Something put down. It, of course, refers to a substructure, the footing, uh, base or basis, okay, so we're, we're talking about something, you know, the footing being poured or stem wall being poured or, 
or a, a foundation, maybe like bricks being laid in a foundation. And I kind of use the, the analogy of the bricks because it kind of makes more sense when you start seeing something being laid down, that every time you follow and you obey, it's as if you're laying something down, okay? You're laying another brick in the wall, so to speak, all right? All right, so one's founded, one is not. We see that one house stood uh, firm in the midst of all the pressure. One did not. One could not uh, handle all the, the storm. And so next thing you know, it's busting apart and going downstream. All right, a lot said. So with that said, okay, things that we've been finding out over the last several weeks, okay, the difference between being wise and foolish, um, you know, being uh, founded or not, the difference between uh, building on something stable, something unstable we've been talking about. Uh, Proverbs 1 is a key verse in this. Uh, whoever listens to me and uh, will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Uh, that's 133 of Proverbs. Of course, Proverbs 1 talks primarily a lot about this, about being a doer, following when he talks and uh, when he gives you a word, things like that, or rebukes or whatever it is that he says to you to follow it. And it brings out that you're wise if you're doing that. If you don't, you're being a fool. Uh, you know, the word, you know, talks about, you know, uh, you know, if, you know, about saying no in your heart to God. And, uh, you know, it talks about the, the danger of that. And it says it calls you a fool. You're being a fool if you're saying no to God. Okay. You're being a fool if in your heart you're saying no. Okay. So we don't want to do that. All right. Uh, the word talk, or this brings out uh, the difference between uh, being safe and secure or not. That was that Proverbs reference there. Uh, also, John 4, another reference we brought out. Um, just real quick, you know, Jesus said this, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. This is uh, John 4, 34. And uh, now my food is, means sustenance, nourishment, necessities of life, livelihood, everything from support, aid, fuel. We can go on and on all the different synonyms to that. But the bottom line is, it's the difference between having your needs met or not having your needs met. The difference between walking in provision okay, or not being provided for, all right? That's what it brings out. And Jesus brought out and made it real clear that the, one of the reasons I follow and I do when I'm led is because it meets all my needs. Everything is handled, praise God. Now, hang on to all of these things we're talking about because where we're going today is going to, like, in a sense, sum up a lot of it, okay? Just put it all into, into, in, a, in a nutshell, so to speak, okay? Uh, so anyway, uh, Isaiah 1, let's go ahead and do a couple other little references here. Isaiah 1, verses 19 and 20, he says, If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Okay, there's the, there's the plus, there's the provision, there's the needs being met. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. Okay, there's, now it says there's destruction, there's ruin. The word sword there is talking about something being formed against you. And the word says that, you know, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Okay, well, that's a good promise. But he's saying here that if you don't follow when he leads, then that, full, that sword or that weapon is, that's being formed against you now has an inroad, and it can bring ruin or destruction. Another reference on that is Job 36, 11 and 12. If they obey and serve Him, they will spend their days in prosperity. See, look at needs being met. Their years in pleasure, praise the Lord. But if they do not obey, they will perish by the sword again, it brings out. Same thing, same kind of reference, uh, bringing up the same thing, I mean. And that is that, that that weapon now being formed against you has an inroad, okay? It has, it has an avenue of, of, of uh, doing some damage or destruction or ruin. All right. Now, I, I wrote this in my notes here today, and that is this, that the weapon isn't of God, okay? We have to make that clear that every time it's talking about here about, you know, 
you know, the damage, the destruction, here comes the storm, the weapon formed against you, all this. None of this is God doing this, okay? Okay, it isn't God trying to war against you. It isn't God forming a weapon against you. It isn't God bringing destruction on you. He's trying to bring out and make it very clear that when you let God lead, things go right. When you choose not to follow when he leads, then things have a tendency to get out of hand and all of a sudden we got trouble. So the thing I'm trying to bring out here is that the weapon isn't of God, but listen, but he's aware of the weapon that's being formed against you. Okay, he, he knows what's ahead, okay? So when God is trying to lead you and trying to guide you and give you instruction and help you, okay, the idea is that, that the things that the enemy out there is trying to uh, form against you, the weapons, uh, the destruction, the storm, however you want to word it, okay, that's coming down, uh, he's trying to, you know, raise something up to kind of somehow knock you off your faith or whatever, okay, bring, uh, bring some kind of ruin or destruction into the household, okay, God knows about all of that, okay, he's not the author of it, but he knows what the enemy's trying to do. We have many references of that in Scripture. You know, even when, when Jesus tried to let Peter know, listen, the enemy is going to try to sift you. He's going to do something. He's going to try to do something to you. And you got to be on your toes, man. you got to be ready. you got to be, you can't just be, you know, haphazard in this kind of thing. You can't just be casual about this, all right? You're going to have to understand uh, that the enemy is going to come for you and try to knock you off your faith. Oh, Hallelujah kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit, but the bottom line is I need that to be made clear, okay, that, uh, you know, the reason you want to follow God is because God, if anybody knows what's going on or behind the scenes or down the road, it's your heavenly father. So that's why you want to be led and you want to follow when you're being led. Oh, hallelujah. A lot of other things we found out over the last several weeks uh, that obedience and disobedience, kind of the difference of that. If you're going to be obedient, it could be the difference between abundant life, you know, experiencing abundant life or not. It could be the difference between walking in the blessing or walking in the curse, just whether you're going to do or not do. We've, we've seen that in Scripture. The difference between walking in your promised land, going into your promised land, versus just wandering in a wilderness was all based on uh, obedience or disobedience. Hang on to that now. It's the difference between days like heaven on earth versus days like hell on earth, okay? We brought that out and it showed the, the you know, literally, it's not, it's not really saying anything different than, uh, but just maybe just another way of looking at it, okay? But the bottom line is that's the difference, okay? If you follow God, days like heaven on earth. If you choose not to follow God, it could get really nasty real quick. Days like hell on earth. All right. We talked about the difference between knowing who you are, being anchored in who you are, could be the difference in just following when God leads, okay? Because a lot of things get anchored and proven in your life when you just follow. God says you're an overcomer. Okay, great. So now you just follow. You follow God as he leads. And what happens? All of a sudden, everybody around can see you're an overcomer because of the way you're overcoming. Why? Because you're following God. You're more than a conqueror. Well, how do you, you know, how does that get anchored in you? Well, you, every time he leads you, every time he leads in the area of you resisting and all kinds of, you just keep doing it pretty soon. What happens? You're more than a conqueror. Praise God. We can go on and on and on in that. Praise God. We also talked about that obedience helps connect you uh, not only to who you are, but it starts helping you build that foundation of resistance. And that's what we focused on last week. Okay. Really kind of emphasize the building of the foundation because 
Every time you resist in the little things, remember, it's always in the little things. It's not some major big thing. It's always the little things. You know, we say, well, you know, I'll, when I get the, the, the ill report from the doctor, that's when I'm going to press in. Well, it could be too late then, okay? So it's better for you to, to resist the enemy in the little things day to day and as God walks you through things. You know, it's better to start working on your resistance in the area of a common cold than you do some major, you know, physical problem, okay, that could occur, okay? So what happens is, is we, we kind of just slide through life, you know, not following God in anything, and then pretty soon all of a sudden we're hit with this major thing. Now we're trying to, trying to quickly dig and get down to the foundation and, and, you know, trying to do double time in the area of study, and, and you know, we're, you know we're, cr- we're cramming for the test, so to speak. And what happens is, is, you know, sometimes just too late, okay, too little, too late. And then we get mad at God, mad at the preacher, mad at the doctrine, mad at the... And you have no business being mad at anything other than the fact that you wouldn't follow in the little things. You saw it as something not important, okay? And that's when I started talking to you about, uh, about mercy, okay? Praise God for the mercy of God. But see, if you're just going to lean on mercy every day of your life, now you hear me right, okay? Don't you dare walk away from this thinking I said that the mercy, you know, we don't need mercy. We need mercy. Amen. Praise God for mercy. But see, mercy doesn't build a foundation. Mercy doesn't prepare you for the storm. Mercy doesn't eliminate the storm. Okay? You have to understand that storm's coming one way or another. They roll in. Okay? And I'm not speaking some ill, bad, uh, you know, confession over you. Okay? We know by the scripture, you know, Jesus made it very clear that in the world you're going to have trouble. You're going to have pressure. It's going to happen. Okay, you're here. It's, it's out there, okay? But if you follow God, those things don't have to affect you. Those things, they can roll off you like water off a duck's back. I mean, this is, you know, you don't have to be taken under by any of this stuff, all right? But if you're not going to follow God, when these storms roll in, when the pressure's on, it's going to sink your boat, man. And so you have to keep yourself in check, all right? And not just lean on mercy all the time, all right? Now, again, praise God for mercy, all right? But understand, amen, obedience is obedience, disobedience is still disobedience, okay? So there, there could be a consequence if you just don't do. See, there could, be, there could be some major consequences down the road. Now, maybe today you received mercy because you disobeyed something or didn't follow something, and you might, you know, you still go to bed at night and sleep good and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, the problem is you're not laying something down. You're not putting down anything on that foundation. So what happens then, you know, a month from now, two months from now, six months from now, a year from now, some kind of storm rolls in. And because you're constantly disobeying and not following every time he leads, what happens, you're not ready for that storm. You're not prepared. And now all of a sudden, your home's, uh, in a sense, is busting apart and going downstream. Oh, hallelujah. Now let's, let's not have that happen. Amen. Now, With all that said, a lot of review there, Uh, but go back to Matthew 7 is where we're going. Matthew 7, oh, hallelujah. Hope you have an ear to hear this today, child of God. Matthew 7. Now, I believe it was, uh, I don't have the notes right in front of me, but I believe it was like our first week into this series. I went to this text and kind of read through it, just showing you Matthew's account of this same uh, same uh, story, the same text, and uh, I want to do it again this time, 
But this time, I believe a lot of this is even going to uh, make a lot more sense to you because of everything we've been hearing over the last several weeks, okay? So I kind of felt in my heart I needed to go back to it and kind of dissect it a little bit more and bring it out now in the light of some of the things we've already heard. All right. Anyway, enough said. Verse 21, chapter 7 of Matthew, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Now, obviously, still the emphasis here is still, uh, you know, still a personal challenge to you and me about hearing and doing. Okay, no, so hang on to that. All right, so not everyone says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, uh, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Now, he's making it very personal. Okay, all right, now hang on to that. I never knew you. Okay, verse 22, he says, did we not? That's the individual saying, did we not? No, he's saying, listen, verse 23, saying, listen, don't you, I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to we, I'm talking to ye. Okay, I'm talking to you, all right? Uh, I never knew you. And then he says, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, obviously, I'm going to come back and dissect a lot of this and define it. Verse 24, uh, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, <clears throat> and it beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. See, same story here. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Okay, here it says the sand, okay? And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Okay, so we know it's dealing with the same thing. He just kind of, I believe Matthew kind of brings out a little bit more, expands a little bit more on this first part. So that's where I want to spend the rest of my time here today. So back to verse 21, please. Verse 21, he says, not everyone who says to me, now first off, it's kind of like I said before, this is a challenge to everybody, but in a sense, you know, he, he makes it very personal, okay? This is a word to everybody, but it's a personal word if you'll take it that way, or at least you should take it that way, all right? All right, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, okay? He, this, is, now this is starting to sound pretty serious, okay? So not everyone's saying, Lord, Lord, or calling me supreme. Let's go ahead and define that again. It's that same word, okay? So supreme, supreme one, a supreme in authority, master, okay? So not everyone who calls me master or supreme one, okay, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, okay? Now, let's define some of this and see what it means. Because sometimes when you speed read this, you're, you're, you're taking this as, you know, not everybody that calls me Lord is going to necessarily make it to heaven. Okay, but that's not what it's saying. Okay, that's not really what it's saying here. Okay, so I want to make that clear. Okay, first off, you know, you wouldn't be calling him Lord probably, if, you know, anyway. So the point is this, it's talking about enter into the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so first and foremost, I want to make a distinction here. It says, uh, it says of heaven. Okay, whereas the, at the end of the verse, when it talks to my father in heaven, it's making clarity here. Okay, it's one thing to be of heaven and another thing to be in heaven, okay? Big, big difference, okay? So hang on to that, okay? We'll define that here in a second. Shall, okay, so not everyone says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Let's define it. The word enter. Uh, 
That word's about this long, so I'm not even going to attempt it, okay, in the Greek, okay? But it means to enter into, come into, to go in, or to go through. And it's referring to something like, possibly like going through a doorway almost, okay, is what it kind of implies. So it's not, you know, when we're saying enter into, you know, it's, it's, it's like you're, you're stepping into something, coming into something here, okay? So enter the kingdom of heaven. Basilia is, is the word kingdom here in the Greek. It means rule, it means realm, it means reign, but it refers to one ruling and reigning in life, like almost like royalty almost, okay? And the word's very clear about ruling and reigning in Christ, all right? And so it's talking about a place of ruling and reigning, okay, in life. So this kingdom, remember a kingdom, which means there's a, it's under a king, it's, it's, the, it's under a king, so it's a kingdom, okay? So the kingdom of heaven, so it's talking about this kingdom that's under heaven's jurisdiction. The word of, okay, means the property of or under the jurisdiction of, okay? Okay, it means under the, the authority. We could just some synonyms here, the authority of or dominion or rule or control or govern, uh, government of, of, of heaven. So he's talking about, okay, this kingdom that's, you know, place a place of ruling and reigning that's under the dominion or the authority or the rule of heaven, okay? The word heaven, uh, oranos, okay, is the Greek word, but it means a place of eternal power. You know, everybody, you know, when you say heaven, everybody kind of has an idea, okay? Uh, everybody might have a little bit different picture of it, but at the same time, for the most part, most everybody kind of has an idea. But it refers to a place of eternal power. It means that which is uh, ageless or timeless or endless or limitless. Now, you think about heaven itself, it's ageless, it's timeless, it's endless, it's limitless, okay? And, it's, and it refers to uh, ageless, timeless, endless, limitless power, okay? So in other words, all of heaven's resources. So he's trying to tell you that this kingdom, this kingdom, this, this place of ruling and reigning, this, this place of uh, you know, this realm, so to speak. See, we're entering in, we're coming into a realm, okay, that's under the jurisdiction of heaven's resources, of all heaven's resources, of, its, of that, that ageless, timeless, eternal power, that endless, limitless power, okay? So what we're saying is there's a place that you can go as a child of God, amen, that you have, uh, you know, at your disposal. Okay, in fact, let me give you some references on that. Okay, Matthew 3, verse 2, and this was John the Baptist talking, but he said this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, it's here. Okay, he's trying to make it clear here. Okay, Matthew 6 and 10, Jesus brings out in the model prayer. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's talking about now, talking about that which is available and we have access to here, this kingdom. Now, hang on to this. Luke 12, I'll just give you another reference here. Verse 32, it says, Do not fear, right, my little children, right? For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Okay, he's talking about that kingdom of heaven. Okay, so keep that in mind. So it's the kingdom of heaven that's at your disposal. One other reference talks about the kingdom of heaven within. Okay, so there's the kingdom. It's, see, it's, it's, at, it's at hand. It's it's available. It's at our 
it's at our disposal. It's at, at our, we have access to it, maybe another way of saying it, okay? It's there for you and me. So he's talking about this rule, this realm, uh, this, this place of, of ruling and reigning, okay? We have a, a right to enter into this place of ruling and reigning that's under the jurisdiction of all of heaven's resources. So he's saying here, not everybody that's saying to me, Lord, Lord, necessarily enters into that place. Now we're starting saying, well, what do you mean? Well, this is what he's talking about. See, see, everybody has access to that place, but not everybody taps it. Not everybody enters into that. And what he's trying to bring out here in this, in this text, just like we've been talking about every week here, okay, he's saying, listen, the difference is whether you're not, if you don't want to follow any leads, what happens is you probably don't enter into that place. So now you're out here exposed to the elements, so to speak, trying to carry on life in your own ability, in your own power, instead of tapping and entering into that place of ruling and reigning, okay, that's at your disposal, that, that all of heaven's resources, see, it's, it's under the jurisdiction of all of heaven's resources, that is all available for you and me. So now you start going back to everything we've been talking about over the last several weeks, about, you know, that place of dominion and authority, that place of knowing who you are in Christ, walking in the blessing, you know, walking with, you know, days like heaven on earth, walking in the abundant life, all the different references, you know, having your, your needs met, uh, you know, uh, uh, your sustenance, everything that you need, provision, everything you need is in the doing. Why is that? Well, because when you follow God, you tap the kingdom. You tap the kingdom that's under the jurisdiction of all of heaven's resources. And it comes down to doing. It comes down to obeying. So if we don't follow in the little things that he leads, what happens is you're out here kind of now trying to carry on life like any other person out there who don't even know Christ, which is sad, but it happens very frequently. Okay, a lot of Christians are just trying to live their life like the world does. When all along God is trying to, you know, he's trying to sense woo you in, woo you in to, to enter into this place of ruling and reigning, this realm, this kingdom that's under the jurisdiction of all of heaven's resources. He's trying to woo you into that place because he knows what's ahead. He knows what you have to deal with. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're going to go through tomorrow. He knows what you're going to go through in a month. He knows what you're going to go through in a year. He understands that. So what he's trying to do is help you build a foundation that's ready, that's prepared, that the enemy can't get in, the enemy can't have a hold on you, that you give him no place, that he can't even touch you, so to speak. That's what we're trying to head for. And that's why he's trying to bring out here in this text. All right? Many people don't even enter into that place, okay? And again, you know, he says, but he who does the will of my Father, must follow those leadings, amen, follows when he leads. That's what he's talking about. Does the will of my Father in heaven, okay? Because that's his residence. That's where he, right? So when you down here walk in the kingdom of heaven, why? because you're following the leadings and the biddings of the Father who's in heaven. Okay, I hope that makes sense. Now, verse 22 I hope you're hearing this, child of God. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, 
done many wonders in your name. In other words, what he's trying to say here is, you know, uh, you know, you might have gone to, you might have the right doctrine. You might go to the right church. You might be involved in the right, you know, congregation, so to speak. You might be going to a church that's doing these kind of things, okay, which is wonderful because this is all necessary. But he's saying, you say, the individual he's talking to says, have we not done this? Well, he's not asking about we as a, a corporate setting. He wants to know you. He's grateful you're in the right church and grateful you have the right doctrine and grateful that you're you know, around a people that take authority over the enemy. That's all wonderful. That's all necessary things. But he says, are you involved in it? Are you doing it? And this, my friends, is how, you know, when you kind of go back and you look at this, how you can become self-deceived, like we brought out in James 1, and that's what happens, okay? You're hearing it, you're around it, you're seeing things go on. They have a prayer line. They pray over this, they pray about that. They got all kinds of corporate prayer meetings. They got this they're doing and binding this and, and loosing that and taking authority here and taking dominion there and doing all these great things. And you're in the same room, you're in the same facility uh, or vicinity or, or facility. There we go. Amen. And uh, you might be, uh, you know, be listening to the right messages, all the kind of things you should be doing. But the problem is we're not exercising, we're not doing it. And especially when it comes time to personal things in your own household, here you are building your house. One of those things that needs to be happening is following God every day on a personal note. I mean, it's a personal challenge to you to follow God. And that's why, like last week, we talked about the importance of resisting the enemy in everything. Don't give him a foothold. Don't give him place. Don't let him slide in. Take authority over those things. Don't just let those things happen, okay? Maybe, it, maybe most of the world out there deals with it every day and just kind of rolls with it, but you don't have to as a child of God. The enemy has no right to you, no authority, no dominion. You're a child of the Most High. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So the point I'm trying to make is it's in those little things, those daily things of standing your ground, following God in these kind of things that causes you to be empowered to do. And here in this verse here, verse 22, he's making it clear that you can be in the right place and still not be doing what you should be doing. And verse 23, okay, are you, I hope you're hearing this today, child of God. Uh, and, and then I will declare to them, talking about the individual they're talking to, I never knew you. He makes it very personal. I never knew you. Now, that word no, it just means I'm not, I, I have no, no connection here with you because you're not doing anything here. I'm trying to lead you, but you don't do anything, so there's no connection. I never knew you. There's no, no, no connection. See, that word even refers to something as much as an intimacy with. There's nothing there because you, fought, you, you, you take everything I say casually, okay? You just roll with it like it's just some suggestion. So there's no connection. Okay, I lead, you don't follow. You call me Lord, but you don't do. So he says, I, I never knew you. I'm, I'm, there's no connection with me and you in this area, all right? And then he says, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, it sounds pretty severe. Well, I'm not making light of it. It is a severe thing, but let's define it, okay? This word depart means off or away from. It means a place, uh, place to or of receiving, okay, because it's made actually up of two different Greek words, apo, uh, uh, chorio, 
Okay, I think is how it is. Apple, Corio, or Chorio. I'm not sure totally if I got that right. But it means off and away from, and then it means the place of uh, receiving. Okay, is what it's talking about. So he says here, okay, depart. He's talking about, you know, you're, you're, you're off from a place of receiving. Receiving what? Well, what's in the kingdom? So all this rule, reign, and, re- you know, this, this realm of ruling and reigning that's under the jurisdiction of, of, of all of heaven's resources, you're, 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 you're not tapping that, so you're, you're off from that. And they talk about, be, you're off from that. You're not even any place of, of receiving. You're, you're no place now positioned any way to receive anything from, from heaven. So even though here comes this warfare now, here comes the enemy, this is what he's trying to say, is that now all of a sudden you're trying to fix everything, but you're off from the place of receiving. So what happens is now, now you're, you're, you're exposed to the elements. And if it's a nasty storm, it could be a nasty day. Oh, I hope you're hearing that. Depart from me, you, he makes it real clear again, you who practice lawlessness. Well, let's define this, okay? Let's define lawlessness first, okay? It just means iniquity, a transgression, but it means it refers to violating laws, lines, or boundaries, okay? So he's talking about lawlessness just means um, you know, in fact, it just, it just basically means you're not willing to follow anything being led. There's no rule following, no boundary following, no nothing. You just kind of do your own thing. That's what that word lawless means, okay? You're just about your own thing, okay? The word practice here refers to one working at it or engaged at it, toiling with it, committed to it. So it's saying here is that this individual he's talking to is you, you're, you're practicing not following versus practicing following. So he says, just complete opposite. So as a result of it, you're no longer in a place of receiving anything because you you can't enter into that kingdom, that realm, okay, that has all the resources you need to conquer. But because you constantly refuse to follow, now that goes back to that, the difference between the wise man and the fool, right? That's what he's talking about. It's just another way to bring this out, but hopefully it brings it out in a way that you can kind of tap it here to see it's its importance, to see how, how valuable this is, just to follow God in the little things. When God says this is a good time to, uh, you know, to smile or be, be kind or a good time to just take, take a little authority over that thing or, or speak the word over this, whatever it is he talks to you about, it, it is so valuable to follow that, that not only is it putting something down on the foundation, but it allows you to enter into all of heaven's resources. But when you practice not doing, you continually do that. You're now at a place. You're now off and away from a place of receiving. That's a dangerous place. And yet, you know, it's not saying that you lost your salvation, so to speak. It's just saying you're just kind of on your own. You're kind of out here now exposed, trying to live life like anybody out there who doesn't know God, which is not what God intended. Now, I'm going to say this before I let you go. Okay, as I said earlier, God's not the author of the storms. He's not author of the pressure. Okay, God's trying to help you in the midst of all this stuff. Okay, but God is totally aware of the storms and the pressures that are coming. He knows what's ahead for you. And so it pays to hear God and follow God. All right, and I can imagine... It probably does grieve his heart when you choose not to follow. 
Okay, that's probably another sermon there, but, but the bottom line is, okay, God is trying to get you to enter into that place, that place of ruling and reigning, that kingdom of, that's under the jurisdiction and authority of all of heaven's resources. He's trying to get you into that place so that all your needs are met, so you're empowered to do what you're called to do, so you have the resources that you need, the provision that you need, the sustenance that you need, everything that you need to get the job done. That's why when Jesus said, uh, my food, my sustenance is in the doing the will of God. Follow God. That's why he said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. Not my will, but your will be done. How many times in Scripture have we looked at that? How many times he said those things? Because he made it clear, I can of myself do nothing. But as I hear, I say, and as I see, I do. I can of myself do nothing. So I lean on the leadings and the biddings and the promptings of my father, and I follow it. And then all my needs are met, and the enemy has no hold on me. Oh, hallelujah. Hope you're hearing that today, child of God. Hope you heard that today. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to let you go here. So I hope you got an ear to, or had an ear to hear it. Praise God. Father, I give you praise and glory. Thank you for a people of God that did have an ear to hear, a heart to receive. Again, for opening the eyes of our understanding, Lord God. Hallelujah. That we can see things as we need to, praise God. That we grab hold of this. Amen. Hallelujah. And get anchored in this, praise God. That we can be the people call, how that we've been called to enter into that kingdom. That we can walk in that day in and day out with every need met. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Word of Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.